0: beginning and our ending, our alpha and our omega. And God, we're humble this morning to realize that we can do nothing without you. You are the rock of our salvation. And God, as we come, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. We pray that you would motivate us to live godly lives. We pray that you would, oh God, move upon us to praise your holy and everlasting name. Move the preacher out of the way. Convict, convince, if need be, convert. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Church say amen. amen. Church say amen again. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Let's give our young uh, young uh, youth choir a hand clap. Praise his name. Thank you. Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen and Amen. This morning we will be in 1 Peter chapter 3 and this is my final episode on the family. 1 Peter chapter 3. Amen. And I want to Look at verse 7 and 8. When you get it, say, Amen. Amen. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. This morning, I want to preach around the subject nurturing, nurturing, hearing, heeding, helping the hurting. And before we dive into the text, there are two scriptures that immediately come to mind in this matter of nurturing. One is, don't turn, Romans 15.1, listen to this, Paul says, you that are strong bear the infirmities of the weak. The verse is not finished. And not please yourselves. Let me stop. I want you to process this. You that are the stronger ones, carry the weaker ones and stop worrying about yourself. The second scripture is found in three places, and I want to kind of quote it. It is found in Matthew 23, 37. Don't turn. It is also in Mark, but it's also in that protective Psalm 91. And 91, Psalm 91 is a psalm of protection about the secret place of the Most High. He that dwelleth, I'm preaching over it under the shadow of the Almighty. But it's in there in Psalm 91, and the same thing is said in Matthew, Jesus quotes it in Matthew 23. Jesus said, "O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I wanted to gather you to myself, but you would have none of it. Now, now, now listen, listen, listen as a hen gathers her chicklets under her wings. If ever there was a definition of nurturing, it is seen in this portrayal of a mother hen who instinctively, when there are wind gusts and her little chicks are running all around, As the wind is gusting and internally, she believes there's a coming storm, she immediately lifts her wings so her chicks can run up under her wings and she covers them for protection. When you and I are nurturing our mates in marriage and nurturing our children, we are providing protection. Yeah, yes, sir. And listen, we are performing, listen, we are performing a ministry, listen to this, where they can hide. And if your children through mentoring, your mate through marriage, cannot hide in you, You're not nurturing without shelter, no place to hide. Mothers of young infants are quickly educated that their babies tend to cry over four completely different things. Babies cry when they are tired. They cry when they are hungry. They cry when they are wet. And they cry when they're experiencing gas pains. I know my mother had six. And as babies begin to cry, a knowledgeable mother initiates search for the problem. She knows that baby's either wet, tired, hungry, or has gas and needs to burn. Amen. Are you praying with me? Amen. She moves expeditiously with a sensitivity to relieve this pain or this need, and she lovingly brings a support Amen. Whatever that baby needs, she provides. If tired, she holds the baby and rocks it to sleep. My God. If wet or there's been a release, she immediately changes and washes the baby and uses powder so the baby will not chap. If the baby's hungry, she will feed the baby and typically infants are on a time frame for feeding. And if that baby has gas, a knowledgeable mother will lift that baby up, either put them on their chest, pat their back, or put them on their knee, pat their back, so that baby can burp. And when that burp comes out, that baby is relieved. Do I have a witness up in the house? I see the women saying, you ain't never had a baby. The problem in our marriages and mentoring our children is that some of us are tired. We get no relief from our mates. Some of us are hungry and we're not being fed at home. I didn't want to include this one. Some of us are wet. nobody there to change us. And some of us have been living years with gas. Painful gas. And there's nobody there to burp us. My God today. And and so one of the things that begins to take place in this matter of marriage and the parenting of children because the marriage is one thing but the mentoring to the children is another. Your children need nurturing. Nurturing is not amen, punishing them, chast- chastening them. Nurturing is not Amen. Demand making demands of them. Nurturing is a feeding to their emotional right. and mental stability. That's what nurturing does. Nurturing. Nurturing is a man. Putting something in in order for something positive to come out. Yeah. It's encouraging them and you know, with children, and I want to get through this mentoring, we, I told you my philosophy of children, I've reduced to three C's, that you are caretakers from age one to twelve. That is, you are taking care of their clothing, their food, their, their warmth, their needs, totally taking care of them. You're a caretaker, and then 13 to maybe 18, you are a coach. You're coaching them. As teenagers concerning life. And then as they become adult children, you become counselors. You cannot make them do anything. You cannot force them to do anything. You can only be there as a counselor. Uh, do I have a witness? Yeah. You offer your experience, educated advice to them problem in the church is that we mix up these C's, and we should not be caretakers when a child is 50 years old, where they, they don't have a job, don't need to work, you buying all the food, they watching TV and belching, that, that, something, something, something's wrong with that picture, you, don't, you, you, sh- you should not be a caretaker when they're 50, I'm pre- you should not be a counselor when they're 6, you gotta be a coach. Do y'all hear me this morning? And see, with children, more is caught than taught. We ought to teach them respect, restraint, responsibility. And I know in my life, and probably in yours as well, the most stupidest decisions I made was in the teenage, young adult years. We just make some bad decisions, don't we? and 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 if and if you live long enough, you're able to, in retrospect, look back and see the damage that was done with the bad decision making. And so, amen. What we need to pass on to our children is, regardless of the pressures, make good decisions. And most bad decisions are made away from the parents. Can I get a witness? They're made in a moment of time without thinking. They're made when they're in a state of fear and they're, they're made and, 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 and one of the things we learned about life, whatever decisions we make, we got to live with. My, 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 mother used to say, if you make your bed hard, come on, y'all, y'all heard this, you, 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 you got to lay in it. You can't make your bed hard and then go buy another mattress now. You got to, you make your bed hard, you got to lay in it. And, 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 and so this, this matter of a nurturing love, amen, oftentimes is preempted because the one trying to love is bankrupt themselves. In other words, if I have a history, amen, of agony, anger, and abuse, it's going to be hard for me to positively nurture you. If I'm insecure, I can't nurture you to be secure. It, yeah. Can I get a witness? That, 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 that is when you begin to look at this matter of nurturing, 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 and I found people that are harsh, hectic, amen, habit-driven, hard to get with, uh, fickle, uh, fault-finding, judgmental, and, 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 and legalistic, these people, if you go in their history, Bruce, you'll find out that they themselves never receive love. Amen. And that's why we come off the way we come off. The word nurturing is trepo in the Greek, and it has to do with a perceiving of a need, a providing to that need, a protection of that need, and a prevention from that need existing. That, that when we look at this matter of, amen, uh, marriage and parental relationships, listen to this, there is a deaf ear to our crying. Husband's crying, wife don't hear. Wife's crying, husband can't hear. Children are screaming, we can't hear. There's an inability and an ignorance. To hear our loved ones cry out about their needs, and it's, it hits us all, and when you begin to look at this matter of nurturing, our inability stems from the fact that if I'm, if I'm suffering from a low esteem, I don't like myself personal rejection, abandonment issues, anger, abuse in my history, it's hard for me to pour out to you what you need. And what we do, we who have problems becoming intimate, and intimacy is not sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intimacy is not being hugged up. Intimacy is an act of freedom where you and I are known. The ability for your mate to know you more intimately than anybody on earth. Paul says that I may know Him. Talking about Jesus. And the reason that we we can share more with our girlfriends and our family and our boyfriends and our family than our mates is because there are blockages that have come from some horrific situation that happened in your life where you're incapable and you need counseling, you need an adjustment. You need to sit with an experienced Christian counselor and let them, amen, challenge you and help you find the adjustment. And when we look at this matter of nurturing, and I, I, I had to, whenever I preach to you, I have taken time to search myself and answer some hard questions. I have not always been nurturing. I've not always been nurturing, What does it mean to nurture? Well, nurturing essentially means I'm going to do the best for you without worrying about myself. It's getting quiet up in this place. And if I don't have that ability, I need to prayerfully find it. To my children, what can I do to help you be a better person? What supply can I bring to my mate to make her a better person without demanding that I get something in return? And instinctively, women have nurturing spirits. They really do. Women Women, that's, that's one of the differences between the masculine and the femininity of human beings that women are naturally a man and instinctively nurturing. I need, I need to say that last week when we began this two week series on the family, I, I likened four dimensions of relationship to a bird. Remember that? The first bird were geese. If you want to hear, get the tape. Geese fly in a V formation, they have no leader. Anybody in their V formation, any geese in their V formation, listen, will be willing to take any position that's available. There's no need for somebody to be in charge. And if their mate falls out of formation because it's sick, damages wings, their mate go down with them and die, it is a picture of unity, it's a picture of submission to death do us part. I was saying last week, God forbid, if some of us are made in formation to fall out, River Durchey. You. Right. <laughs> You're on your own. But the second bird was not only geese but dove, which is a picture of beauty, peace. Yeah. Um, this dove, this emblem, of this dove symbolizes the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture, is beauty, peace, and purity. Yeah. And the third bird was a buzzer, always hoovering over the dead. Yeah, dead stuff. They complain more than they compliment. They fuss more than they facilitate. Do I have a witness? And we got some buzzards in marriage and in mentoring. It's always negative. Everything is negative. Everything is negative and you get tired of the negative. Don't, don't you get tired? Have you, have, have you ever wondered why people just stay negative? Every pastor got a pastor of negative people. Don't get quiet now. We got some great doves that fly through here. We got great geese that fly through here. We got a couple of buzzards. They just... They never have anything positive to say. They only speak up when something happens. I'm preaching now. Doc. And see, all of that is reflective, listen to pastor, of what's in them. Whatever's in you comes out. And usually whatever's in you comes out under adverse conditions. If you want to see the real me, don't look at me on Sunday morning. Look at me when all hell's breaking out. (laughs) Do I have a witness? If you, if you really want to see the real person, look at them when they're getting bombarded by problems and in, in the home, outside the home, on the job. Do I have a witness? Because that is a real microcosm of what that person really is. Let me preach at the clock. We already shouted. But then the fourth bird was the eagle. And it's the eagle, Isaiah 40, amen, it's the eagle that's symbolic of nurturing. It is a bird that prepares the nest for the family. Here in First Peter, Peter the Apostle, the theme to this book is, listen, it is grace in suffering. First Peter 5.10 is the theme. And in chapter 1, he's telling us that we ought to be submitted to suffering. Yeah, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold trials. In chapter 2, he tells us we ought to be submitted to sacrificial, amen, giving and sacrificial living. But in chapter 3, he says we ought to be submitted to marriage. Here we go. That is when you begin to look at 1 Peter chapter 3, and I don't want to go way up to the first verse, but it's interesting to me, and I love this, and dealing with the vocarious sufferings of Christ in chapter 2, 21 to 25, amen, how Christ suffered. Listen, in fact, go to verse 21, for even thereunto ye are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, revived not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. God the Father, who his own self bore our sins on the cross, on a tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. For ye are sheep as sheep going astray, verse 25, but are now returned to the shepherd and bishop of your souls likewise. Here he goes. He, he transitions right into the marriage relationship. The likewise denotes that relationships will cause you pain. There's some suffering in relationships. Can I get a witness? Mm. And Relationships, not so much marry, marriage or children, but relationships at times ends ugly. I've seen families where brothers stop speaking for life. That's a tragedy. Sisters don't want anything to do with each other anymore. And it's here in verses one to six that Peter defines the wife's role, one of subjection and godly chase behavior, and the president's and priority, listen, ladies, of your inner beauty over your outer beauty. Do I have a witness? God says, don't get caught up in your makeup and your hairdo, amen, your lipstick and how you look on the outside, but it's the hidden man. It's the heart, it's the heart, it's the heart that you need to work on. A whole lot of folk are beautiful on the outside, but ugly on the inside. Do I have a witness? And child child of God, he he is saying to the woman, listen, that you need to be in subjection. You need, yeah, to concentrate on the inner beauty. But in verse 7 and 8, he deals with the husband. Look what he says, likewise, you husbands. Now, he deals with two things, living, creating a home. Of harmony and nurturing. Yeah. I want to look at these scriptures and hopefully, through the power of the Holy Spirit, open up what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying. There's four aspects of a nurturing spirit right here, right here, right here, right here. First of all, look, he says, um, likewise. Now, the first thing I believe Peter points to is, in verse 7, a passionate sensitivity to one's needs. Now, now, now what do you mean by that? Well, uh, seeing, being enlightened by a knowledge. When a mother hears her baby cry, she is moving expeditiously to relieve that baby from crying. Her number one priority is to find out what's wrong with the baby. Do I have a witness? And what we tend to do in our marriages, and even in our mentoring of our children, is give deaf air to their crying. You've been married 30 years, husband been crying 25, you ain't heard it. You've been married 40 years. Wife been crying. Uh, uh, a- amen. Uh, 35. You you've not heard it. And the reason we don't hear it is because we have an inability to hear, or we are ignorant of what it means for them to cry. Let me let me let me stop, start, and, and, and just let me let me let me deal with what I believe that the writer Peter is saying. First of all, Peter is saying there is a secret combination to your mate. What do you mean by secret combination? Everybody's got a combination. That is the secret we learn by knowledge. Study your wife. Because your wife and each one of your children are totally different. If you have more than one child, they have a different bent, different personality. What works with one will not work with the other. Do I have a witness? I'm, I'm pre- let, me, let me go and look at the clock. The fact of the matter is, we ought to study our mate, amen, to the point that we begin to understand their strengths from their weaknesses and how we can complement them. Me and Sister Gordon are totally different. She's a systems analyst, master's degree, analytical. Amen. Godly gracious. Sits back. Don't want to say nothing wrong. Wants to approach everything with wisdom and right. God bless her. (laughs) I'm military. I'm up in your face. I don't play politics, and I'll tell you what's on my mind, don't care. Keep praying. I'm getting better, but don't push me. I'm dominant, I'm a D, I'm decisive, I'm a driver, I'm gonna get it done. That's me. So when we go on vacation or we go out to dinner, and we get a trifling wait, waiter or waitress who throw the stuff on the table and take that time coming back, Sister Jesus sits there. And she'll say, excuse me, um, can I have a waiter? You know, me, I'll say, if you want a tip, you better get your butt over here. <laughs> ain't nothing happening, Doc, I ain't fooling with you. Can I get a witness? Now, I'm a visionary, and anybody know anything about visionaries? Visionaries hate long processes. I'm not process-oriented. Process to me is a necessary evil that I got to put up with. So Sister G, who will say, well, there's 10 steps of process for us to get to this end product, and we got to negotiate because I don't want to take 10 steps. I want five. No, but you got to have ten. I ain't got to have nothing. In fact, now now that you're arguing, it's four. I ain't fooling with all that. All I see is the end product, and and, and we're going to lay bodies on the ground. We're going to do what we need to do to get to the end product. I don't have time about people's complaining. I don't have time about their crying. I don't have time about their whining. I got to get to the end product. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I ain't got time for their feelings. I'm I'm more caught up in the function. I gotta I gotta get where I'm going. So we, we, don't, even, we don't even process the same way. And guess what? That's good. Because we complement her weaknesses and my strengths. What she can't say to the waiter, I'ma say. <laughs> have mercy. God did not put couples together to be alike. I'm preaching up in this place. In fact, if you desire to have somebody like you, that shows just how sick you really are. If you knew how messed up you was, you would praise God for somebody different. Can I get a witness? You need somebody different. You're not all out in the bag of chips. I've been here 25 years. She's faithfully been with me. Listen, listen, listen. She, she's got a new hobby, photography. She loves it. So last year I said I'm gonna send her away, send her to, to Colorado on the cousin she wants. She said she loves it. Chia, you want to go? No way. I need room service. <laughs> I ain't fun with that guy. Ain't no way you get me up in no mountains where they get up at four o'clock and you putting boots on, running up and down, clicking. <laughs> to me, photography, to me, photography is snap the picture, Polaroid, pull it out, zip it off, and there it is. That's it. I ain't full with all that. but it's meaningful for me to support what she likes. I'm trying to help somebody up in here. Personally, I think photography is stupid. Personally. I like doing this, smile, bang, it's over. That's it. But the fact of the matter is, is that the secret is to study your mate. They come from a different history, they had different hurts, they had different upbringing, they think differently. That's the secret. But then the solution is, once you by knowledge have surveyed the situation, then you submit to one another's deficiencies. Look what he says. Husbands dwell with them according to what? Knowledge. If you're going to be married, or you're going to mentor your kids, you've got to have some knowledge. Some knowledge. No. My God. Look at the second thing. I I'm I'm I Because y'all want me to hurry up with this series on the on the family anyway. Y'all tired of this. It, there, there needs to be a prayerful search for one's needs. Not only a hearing of the baby crying, but a hearing. It's called seek and search. Look what he says, giving honor unto the wife. Now, what does the word honor mean? Mm. Saluting, exalting, promoting her. Give honor unto the wife as, now this, if ever people messed up scripture, here it is. As if she were the weaker vessel. Now, now I'm going to explain this because by no means is Peter saying that a woman is intellectually or spiritually inferior to a man. No way. In fact, quite the contrary. See, Peter's argument is this. If you study the scriptures, this is why you need a teacher and teaching ministry to open up the scriptures. What Peter's really saying is, in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3... Satan seduced the woman into a lie by eating of the forbidden fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. He seduced her, but he didn't seduce her because she wanted to be drunk or or party. He seduced her because she wanted to be more spiritual. What Satan sold her was, if you want to be like God, then partake. So he seduced Eve, but he didn't seduce Adam. Adam sinned willfully. Adam sinned with his eyes wide open. Oh, I'm preaching up in here now. Adam knew what he was doing. Why? Because God gave Adam the word. He didn't give Eve the word, he gave Adam the word. And after they fell, after they fell, after they fell, here's what God said, okay Eve, since you allow Satan to seduce you, from here on out, your place is to your husband. Ah, Not only submission, but subjection. You're not a slave, you're still equal, but your place is to him. Not to your family, not to your girlfriends, not to your church not to the dance ministry, not to the choir, not to the deaconess board, your your place. And Adam, since you sin willfully, you're going to sweat by the brow and work all the days of your life to provide a home no easy pass and your commandment is you must love her cherish her protect her promote her and see what God sentenced the man and the woman to do are the very things we struggle with a woman struggles being in subjection to a husband and submitting to a husband, and a man struggles with loving his wife as Christ loved the church. That's what we struggle with. That's right here in the text. Hmm. So what? So what? So what? So, so, wait! 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 wait, wait. That, that Amen. as a baby is incapable of providing for themselves, you must provide sacrificially for the other person. Mm, my God. This, this matter in this text of giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel is interesting. Here's what it really means, and in, 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 it pulls back in automatically this uh, illustration of a baby. You must love and cherish and honor and protect and love your wives as if she was an infant baby that can't do anything for herself. Let me walk around this pulpit. <laughs> As if she was helpless, hopeless, and had no alternative. Your love cannot be predicated on what she can do for you. Your love cannot be predicated on, amen, whether she talked right to you. Your love cannot be predicated on what she's given up. In the morning or at night, her love cannot be predicated, amen, on anything because love, agapeo love, is one way. It's giving. And expecting nothing in return. That, that's, that, that, that's why he says, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Jesus didn't get on that cross and look back to the church and say, will you take up an offering for me? Well, yes, G- 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 Jesus didn't get up on the cross and look back to the church and say, uh, will you run a revival for me? Will you, will you sing for me? Will you praise my name? No, he, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Can I get a witness? Him getting up on that cross had nothing to do with what you or I could give him. And, in fact, we couldn't give him anything. Psalm 16, I think it's 16, says, Amen. What is it that the Lord desires that we take the cup of salvation? Why take the cup? Because you can't give him anything. Anything you try to give him, he already has. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness, the earth, and all that dwells therein. We don't even understand that. So when God's asking you to tithe, he ain't asking for your money, he owns everything. He's asking for your faithfulness. I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? he's not asking you to do anything for him if you don't sing the angels can sing can i get a witness if kent don't play the organ the angels got hops do i have a witness amen if the choir refuses to sing because they don't have a lead role there's angels in heaven and all they do day and night is say holy holy Lord have mercy, don't get me started up in this place, the Lord don't need you, and the Lord doesn't need me, if I don't preach, he can get a jackass to preach, go to Numbers 22, can I get a witness, the Lord is good, and he's a stronghold, in the time of trouble, Uh, uh, I I was sharing something yesterday. Listen to this, listen. Look how deep Jesus was. Jesus, knowing what's getting ready to befall him, knowing he going to Jerusalem and die. Can I get a witness? Gets up from the supper. I mean, before the supper, he tells the disciples, listen, boys, two of y'all going to the city and go to the inn and tell the innkeeper, the master... Yes, sir. Has need of a room. All right, yes, all right. sir. You ain't hearing me. In John chapter one, when Philip got all excited about Jesus, he said, "We found the Messiah." And 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 and, and Jesus was approaching Nathaniel. Can I get a witness? And Nathaniel was standing there, and, and then Zacchaeus fell into the picture, and he said, "Zacchaeus, I saw you." Yeah sitting under the fig tree. kid said, when did you see me? Jesus was implying, I saw you from the foundation of the rock sitting under the fig tree. Can I get a witness? Whatever God needs, he's already supplied. Do I have a witness? Whatever God wants, he's already supplied. Whatever God asks for, he's already supplied. what he's trying to do. He's trying to give you a chance to get a blessing on his account. Lord have mercy. Can I get a witness? Child of God, when you look at this prayerful search for one's need, right here in the text, right here, right here, right here in the text, look what he says, look what he says, giving honor to the wife as if she were the weaker that's hmm. I don't know how many times we've had encounters and Sister G would tell somebody, listen, you'd rather deal with me than deal with him. Can I get a witness? Because, you know, I ain't got time for that foolishness. I work too hard. I ain't got time for it. I ain't got time for giddy political people. I ain't got time for it. Smile in your face and stab you in the back. I ain't got time for this. I ain't got time for it. I'm from the hood. I'm from the street. I ain't got time for it. Can I get a witness? See, hey, 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 hey man, I, I, I don't have them political ways. Yeah, you know, politicians talk to both sides of the mouth. You know what I'm talking about. Well, you look nice. Don't you look terrible? I ain't got to Well, how do I look? Don't like it. Just, 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 just straight. Can I get a witness? Let me tell you why. Because I'm only concerned with reaching the end product. And I'm not wasting my time with all this giddy stuff. Can I, I, ain't with it. Now, you know, I ain't fooling with it, I ain't fooling with it. I ain't fooling with it, I ain't fooling with it. <laughs> Years ago, we was in the church meeting, a member raised his hand. Oh, uh, my pastor, I like to ask a question about the money. I said, do you tithe? He said, no, I said, sit your butt down. You ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> How you gonna ask a question about the money and you ain't tithing? What kind of mess is this? Y'all ain't praying. praying. See people want privilege without responsibility. You you, you know what I'm talking about. They they, want to have all the privileges, but they don't want no responsibility. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Same with your kids. Privilege and responsibility. If you're going to live here, you got to clean your room. Do I have a witness? If you're going to live here, you got to respect my curfew. If you're going to live here, you, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. They're, 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 the two balances out. Look at this. Help me out, Holy Ghost. In the name. In the name. I know it's tight, but it's right. Well, you know, pastors are unapproachable. Good. Stay away. Stay away. I'm not here trying to win friends. I'm, not, I'm, trying to hit, I'm trying to run a mega ministry for Jesus. You understand what I'm trying to say? I ain't got time for that. You don't want to like me? Don't like me. I love you, but my eyes is on the prize. Can I get a witness? I'm trying to mature you and grow you up. And, and make sure things are right and there's te- integrity in this ministry. Trying to make sure everything is firing on proper cylinders. Can I get a witness? And, and child of God, if you need this to do this, then don't come this way. You don't understand what I'm trying to say. All right. Dr. Bruce Bettner was c- counseling couples years ago. I said, Bruce, why do you keep counseling the same people over and over and over and over, and over again? I said, this is called, uh, what do you call that? What's that word? Uh, uh, This is codependency. They keep coming back as a leaning post. Counsel them twice and do this. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the same old song. My husband, here we go. Now he's a doctor of counseling. that's not proper counseling technique, so I thought. <laughs> but 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 he talks about this prayerful search for one's needs, and it moves to a promotional support of one's needs. Look at the support factor. 37C. As being heirs together of the grace of life. God says when we serve each other. We ought to serve, listen, with preparation. Now, now I know all the mothers in here can agree to this. I remember years ago when my mother was raising six kids, look, she would warm the bottle on the stove in a pot of water. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And when she pulled that bottle out of that water, she would test it on the back of her hand. She would test the temperature before she gave it to the baby. That's nurturing. Can I get a witness? You don't pull no bottle out of the fire and put it in their mouth. You'll burn the baby. You gotta, you, you gotta test. You gotta test it on the back. The problem with marriage is we don't wanna test nothing. Here, eat this, drink this, do this. And some of y'all women just as bad as the men, because you got control spirits. Cause your daddy was a controller. Oh, let me preach this thing up in here. Don't you buy no paint. Don't you buy no washcloths. Don't you buy no towels. Don't you buy nothing for this house without talking to me. What kind of mess is that? And you got them little wimpish men? yes dear. You, you must be out of your military mind. You don't tell me what to buy for my house. You want to control everything! What kind of towels you want, baby? <laughs> hey, look, hey look, 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 get in church and I'm the man of my house. Baby, this is only for the church. What is it we must serve one another in preparation of their release from bondage? What is it I need to do to help you become free? See, it could be Your wife could have had a controlling father who was abusive and he needs you, she needs you to be the opposite. Your husband could have had a controlling mother and she needs you to do the opposite. This stuff is deep. It's studying your mate so that you can offer up a search and a support in that relationship. I'm coming in. And we, and we gotta, we we gotta serve not only with preparation in mind, but serve with a passion in mind and serve with an encouragement, amen, a pursuance of encouragement my, look, I made this statement this morning. I'll make it again. This is profound. This is a Gordonism. When I say Gordonism, came out of no book, it's mine. It's patented. Listen to this. A man that cannot get behind his wife will have problems going before her. A man that cannot get behind his wife as support will have difficulty in front of her leading. Listen to this. When I came to this church, I led from the front because I was new, I was going somewhere. Now I'm trying to lead from the rear because there's people that have been developed They need to be out front and check back with me that everything is going well. A good leader never stays in the front. A good leader starts out in the front and then moves to the back. Do I have a witness? Amen. You know what? Uh, And those of you that are in corporate America, I can tell when your section is managed properly. If everything, if you've been there 10 years and everything keeps coming to you, you're a poor manager. A good manager develops people so they can fall back and manage from the rear. Do I have a witness? Oh, you'll learn that on the way home. You ain't getting this. Child child of God, a man, a real man, a godly man, a called man, he has got to see that serving is submission. And, 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 and again, if he can't serve and support his wife from the rear, he's a poor leader that will not do good in the front because he'll lead his family astray. You know why? Because he's too preoccupied with him. That's why every time in my life, I'm about to close. When I get messed up in my mind, Sister Hicks, when I get uppity, when I get out of whack, the Lord, and I got a nerve to go to the Lord and say, I'm sorry, Lord, speak to me through your word. God keeps leading me back to the same Scripture. 66 books, close to 8,000 verses, but God leads me to the same verse. Chapter, Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you. This is, which was also in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who being God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, who being God did not demand his prerogatives, but he emptied out his rights and took the back seat of a servant. And as a servant, he submitted himself. Uh, Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Notice Jesus did not get the notoriety of the glory of the name on earth until he was willing to forget his prerogatives, empty out his rights, fall to the rear, and let whatever was going to happen happen. Without criticizing, without murmuring, he quietly submitted. Final point. Look at a permanent, powerful security to one's needs. <laughs> First, equipment. Let me let me talk about equipment. Giving our mates and children the necessary equipment they need. They need. I uh I was laughing one time, talking to one of my children, and he said, um, Daddy, as we get older now, and the Bible says I thought I was pulling rank, and he said, no, the Bible says that children must obey their parents, but adult children only have to honor their parents. I say, yeah, they're right. (laughs) In other words, your adult children don't have to obey you, but they must honor you. And don't get quiet because you didn't obey your mother and father after you got a certain age. Can I get a witness? You say, well, how do you know that? Because your mother and father told you not to marry the person you were getting (laughs) ready to marry. Amen. Leave that one alone. Look at this. I'm only kidding. We must equip them. We must, here it is, empower them. But well, what does empowerment mean? It means that we get to the point where we trust them and we give them authority without running back to us. Uh oh, you're getting quiet. I'm empowering you as the Lord leads you. It's fine, I'm with you. How many couples can say that? Say it's fine. There's the equipping, there's the empowerment, and then there's the enablement that when a baby grows and is weaned off of milk, that baby is on solid food, independence, but secure. Can I get a witness? See, child of God, if we are going to have godly relationships, and things are getting difficult now because there are other things coming to the equations when it deals with marriage and mentoring kids. Mentoring kids, listen, raising kids used to be, I guess, much easier than it is today. We didn't have an internet. We didn't have a Facebook. We we had we had a black and white TV with three channels and a hanger on it. And some of us are old enough to remember the TVs you had to put a quarter in. And when the quarter ran out, TV went off. And I remember, and I'm getting old, because I remember every night, Sister Hicks, I think it was one o'clock in the morning, the Star Spangled Banner. That meant there was no more TV programming for the night. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all remember that? I I remember, yeah. I remember that old refrigerator that did not have ice cubes to come out. You had the metal plates and you had to, you had to pull that thing and pull it. How many of y'all remember that? I I remember, amen, some of y'all going down in the basement and have to throw coal in the fire and sift ashes to get heat. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. I, I remember when a phone call was a nickel and a loaf of bread was nine cents. I'm going back now. I remember when the fish man came through the street and the ice man came through the street and the milk man came through the streets. I remember. I remember them old days. I love my cell phone. I can call my son right now in Arizona and speak to him. I I love it. Back in the old days, I had to get to a phone booth and get past the urine smell. My pocket full of change and throw the coins in and click, click, get an operator. Can I get a witness? We've come a long way, baby. Come a long way. Come a long way. And it's harder to keep everything, amen, rightly adjusted because there's so much in society that's technologically advanced. So much. There were no malls. There weren't no liquor stores and casinos and all that open on Sunday. Sunday was blue laws in Pennsylvania. Y'all remember that? The only thing was open was the Penny Arcade on Market Street. That was it, and that was on Easter. (laughs) Thank God for them days. Thank God for them days when I sat down at a table with a mother and a father. Thank God for them days. Praise the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? Thank God for them days when you had to go to church. You ain't had no options. You had to go to work. There were no options. When dad got up, everybody got up. In the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? There was a curfew on the front door and a curfew on the refrigerator. We couldn't go in the refrigerator after a certain time, and we didn't have no Geno's and McDonald's, whatever you didn't eat, I, I remember coming to the table, my mother had something, I was gonna, she said, you ain't hungry, but you're going to sit there. <laughs> Can I get a witness? I, I mean, child of God, we come a mighty long way when what a woman had you saw. Uh, uh. Thank you, Jesus. You don't know what you're getting today. They selling so many false things, Bruce. You don't know what's going on, Doc. You meet a woman, you say, boy, she pretty. Yeah. But if she ever start disclosing herself in the name of Jesus, Somebody help me out, I'm coming in. I remember when I was unsaved and overseas and we went down to a club overseas and we was all sitting at a club and we was drinking and this guy said, Gordon, I want you to meet my new girlfriend. And I looked at her and he said, man, and the more I drink, the prettier she gets. I said, you gonna need about three-fifths for that, Doc. Can I get a witness? That one ain't changing child of God Lord have mercy thank God that Jesus he nurtured us he helped us he held us he pulled us out of hell he pulled us out of bondage he died for us and he was buried for us but early Sunday morning, he got up. All power in his hands. Are you hearing? Are you heeding? Are you helping? The hurting. Nurturing. As we stand on our feet this morning, I want you to go home and begin Nurturing. Seeing the need, searching for the problem, supporting the effort, securing the person. Let's bow our heads. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved, born again, blood washed. If you want to go to heaven, not hell, if you want your life turned around, you need Jesus Christ. He's God's only begotten Son. He died for your sins. He rose from the grave with all power in His hands. You need to be saved. If you want to be saved, just raise your hand. Be honest with God. He'll be honest with you. Raise your hand. Say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ this morning. I want to be saved. And once saved, you're saved. Is there one? Is there one? If your hands are raised, come on up. Perhaps you want to join the church. You need to grow. You need to join our church to grow. Raise your hand if you want to join our church or if you want to be saved. Come on up. Will you come on up? Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, darling. Come on. Praise Jesus. Come on, darling. Is there another? Step on out. Come on. Step on out. step on out. Step on out. Step on out. Is there another? Praise God. Will you go with the minister, please? Thank you. Church, amen. All right. Listen up. Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Do you know what nurturing is? is seeing the need, is searching the, wait a minute, is searching the solution to the need, is supporting the person, and is securing the person, and it has nothing to do with you. Let's look to the Lord. Father thank you in Jesus name for who you are, bless your people, give us nurturing spirits, As Jesus nurtured the church, as mothers nurture their infants, help us to nurture our mates and our children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. Have a great day.